Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I retired at the age of 41 to advocate for women and girls in life, love, and the boardroom. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped this fall and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our gold and our dreams for the future. We record each week from the studio at The Space LV. Today I am joined by Jennifer Griffith, writer, speaker, and the founder of In the Life of Zen, a lifestyle blog documenting her journey of debt-free, simple, and passionate living. A vice president for a healthcare media company, she marries her knowledge of business and a love for life. She encourages people to take power over their finances and their lives. At one point in time, Jen and her husband, Jesse, were over 100,000 in debt, and it was creating great strain on their marriage. They realized the only way out was through, and today she shares the intentional path from debt to financial freedom. She provides her top five steps to get started on a debt-free journey, encourages us to find a life of passion, gets real on growth in partnerships, including struggles around job loss, a devastating miscarriage, and tells us to focus on the love you have to give. Let's dig in. I have with me today Jennifer Griffith, who has been a longtime friend of mine and a beautiful soul. And we have a tendency to meet up probably once a year and chat and compare life stories and notes. And um, Jen, I'm so glad that you're on my podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You have been such an inspiration. I love watching you. I love watching you grow. I love talking to you. So it's a true pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yay. Well, and the reason I wanted to have you on was because not only do we have this beautiful like soul connection friendship where every now and then we sit down and we're kind of like, how are we creating our next lives? Because if there's anyone else that I will say is like curating and creating, it's you. And I have watched you, you know, we we don't even live in the same city, so I don't get to see the in-between. I kind of follow it on Facebook or Twitter. We have text messages go back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you're in an amazing new country where you've bought an Airstream and touring (laughs) somewhere or you've paid off your house or whatever it may be. Um, And I get to see the manifestation of the conversations um, through, through your feed. And then we sit down and now I understand you're leading a mastermind group. And I really wanted to to talk to you um, because as a master manifester, it requires a lot of self-awareness, but it also requires some detail and some planning. So talk to me a little bit about your journey and especially when you made the decision that debt-free was the way to go for you and what that would look like in your life. Oh gosh. Yeah. So there's so many different aspects to my story, I think. So Um, First and foremost, I've always loved to travel and write and do all those things. I love adventure, but we find ourselves or I found myself in a position where I was really just working to pay bills. And I found myself doing that over and over and over for years. And when you get caught up in this, you have so many bills to pay, then you find that you stop living a life that you control and you're letting other things control you. So there's, there's, different parts to the story, but the debt-free part started with um, 
you know, for a long time, we, both my husband and I, my husband, Jesse, and I both grew up in families that were very financially kind of immature, irresponsible. So we were never kind of taught the tidbits on how to, you know, work, live responsibly financially, how to save things of that nature. So we, um, through years, we've been together for a long time. We were together since I was 19, he was 20. So over the years, we accumulated a ton of credit cards and it was all great and good until we, one of us lost our jobs. So my husband lost his job and we found ourselves in a really bad situation where we just couldn't make ends meet on one income. Mm-hmm. Um, so suddenly we had hardly had enough money to pay our bills. Um, we tried paying the minimums and with in, uh, increased interest rates, our debt just flew over. This was our debt without our mortgage was at over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. So we were not in control of our lives at that point and it caused a lot of problems it caused a lot of problems in our marriage um, with relationships i mean we were very stressed so i'm very much a if there's a problem find a solution Mm -hmm. kind of person and and it truly happened in speaking with one of my neighbors we were having a discussion over a glass of wine and she recommended Dave Ramsey. So I didn't know who Dave Ramsey was. Uh, I didn't, I knew nothing about him. So I started researching him and one of Dave's philosophies is if you can't pay cash, you can't afford it. And that concept was so new to me, but I loved it. So one thing about me too is I'm very solution oriented. I'm also very much a geek. I'm a big nerd. I love reading. I love anything that can help me grow. So I kind of became immersed in this. I want to read all books by Dave Ramsey. And then what else is out there? So he has a financial peace university that we took. Um, it's an in-home study kit with DVDs, books, worksheets, et cetera. So we made a commitment to what we call Manifestation Mondays. And this was Jesse and I. And on Mondays, we would sit down, we would watch the Financial Peace University DVDs, and then we would incorporate and implement his teachings. So really, Dave became, without him even knowing I exist or we exist, became our financial guru and mentor. And he led us to this path of suddenly I was reading a bunch of different books. Um, I read a book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Uh, the Millionaire Next Door was one of them, Think and Grow Rich. I mean, it's all these books. But here I became, I started to feel like I was, I was taking control of my life and just creating a budget, understanding where my money was going. And sadly, one of the things we found out was we were really poor. We had no money. But here I had an $800 car payment, Mm -hmm. which seems it's ridiculous to admit. But so we made the choice to really take control. I sold my car and that allowed us freed up $800 to apply towards our bills. So, and this wasn't a quick process. This took a while. In 2012, we uh, paid off Jesse's car. In 2013, we paid off all our revolving debt. In 2017, we paid off my school loans, and so we are debt-free in the terms that we don't have revolving debt, car debt, school loan debt, but we do still have our mortgage, unfortunately, but that is something we plan on paying off in the next five years, so we have a goal in place to do that. And I was going to say our philosophy completely changed, in, and this is in the past six years, so we went from if we don't have money to charge it to if we don't have cash, we can't afford it. 
and we've taken control. We now know where our cash is. And don't get me wrong, we'd love to spoil ourselves and splurge on things, and we clearly do that because this now leads into the passion and the travel and adventure part of our lives. So um, we certainly have applied, you know, we've taken control of our finances. We're not letting our debt control us, but we're controlling our expenses, if that makes sense. No, absolutely makes sense. And I love that you did it together, that you guys came together and decided that this is going to be something. Um, and, and there had to be some some hard starts in the very beginning. You said it, it took many, many years. But and, and a lot of people say, you know, it's going to take forever. I don't know if I can get out of it. But what would you say to someone like that? I mean, a lot of times when I'm, I'm talking to people who are on the verge of, of changing a lifestyle or a pattern, they can't see the other side just yet. What would you say to them about the other side? You know, really kind of write down or envision if you can do a little meditation or just a, a, a future kind of outlook of your life. Where do you see yourself? What do you want? If you had what I call Oprah money, mm-hmm. all the money in the world, what would that mean to you? And at that point, kind of start working backwards. So, I mean, just think big, right? And don't think of how I'm going to get there. But so that's what we did. For me, it was, I want to be debt-free. I don't want to have a mortgage. I want to be able to travel and do. And so then we had to take steps and work back. But really what I would think is, um, and there are step tips that I, I recommend. I'll get to those in a minute. But envision what the ultimate goal is. Maybe write down everything you think it's going to take to achieve that goal and then maybe try focusing on one thing at a time right because otherwise you can get overwhelming it can seem unachievable but start small you know and think big so for me what I would recommend because certainly especially in our society where we're constantly being you know we want more we want the, the shiny car we want the big house there's nothing wrong with that by any means as long as you're doing it responsibly so just think what could you do if you didn't have rent or a mortgage or car payments or credit cards imagine what you could do with that extra money and then start writing down those dreams and then to get there maybe you know if you are interested in a debt-free journey do little things. Um, it, you know, my things may not work for everyone, but my five things that really helped to start me in the right direction were pretty simple. Uh, the first thing I did was I cut up all of my credit cards and I, I purposely chose to close all of my accounts. Um, and you can do that very easily. You can also opt out of receiving um, credit card, pre-approved credit card notifications. Uh, there's a website where you can opt out for five years or permanently. Um, the second thing for me is I love to shop and I would get a lot of catalogs. So I purposely made a choice to stop that all my junk mail. You can do that online as well. Um, so I, I really want to eliminate some of the temptations that were coming to me without me seeking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third is really create a budget. You have to understand how much money you have, what your income is, what your expenses are, and what your cash flow is. And it really is easy. There are countless templates out there that you can do. You can Google free monthly uh, money, free monthly budget plan templates, or I know Dave Ramsey has some templates as well. Um, and that helped. That helps us helped us to understand a that we were very poor at one point, and but then b it helped us to control of everything. And then the fourth thing would be 
and this was huge for me, was to pay for everything in cash. Mm-hmm. Um, debit mm-hmm. cards are okay. I consider debit cards cash. Um, but everything, whether it was food, clothes, entertainment, bills, vacations, everything. If you don't have cash, you can't afford it. That was their big philosophy. And then the last thing for me, I think, because if I didn't have these resources, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am today. I would try to read books um, or, you know, kind of seek out the mentors that exist. And the two I would recommend uh, for anyone, if if people don't do anything else, I would recommend The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. So, and those things aren't impossible, you know, they're, they're not easy, but they're also not impossible to do. So I would recommend starting there. Yeah. And I think that's with anything, right? It's a matter of just starting. And I like what you said about how you kind of surrounded yourself. You had this manifestation Monday. You surrounded yourself with the information that was going to get you to the next level and immersed yourself in it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we will order the books and we leave them on the side table and with the intention of eventually getting to it. But today's too rough and things are too hard. You actually created the time, space, and the conversation between you to, to commit to making these changes, knowing that it was going to be long. I can't imagine. I mean, at some point in time, if I understand correctly, so you had sold your car and you were, and Jesse, were you sharing one vehicle? We were, yes. How was so that? I how was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. I will admit it was tough. I do work from home, so I have a little more flexibility there because I didn't always need a car. Um, so at that point, it really became ridiculous to have an $800 car parked in my driveway. Uh, but it was tough. We really had to kind of sit down and look at our agendas and our schedules. And if we had appointments or things to do, we had to be very intentional. So we almost had to create like weekly plans. Like I need the car at this time or at this point. And this was before really Uber became popular. So it wasn't like I can just hop in an Uber and go somewhere. So it was tough. And one of the things too is I, I have to admit, I kind of became a little resentful as well. Because it's like, I felt as though, you know, here, we both work so hard. And, you know, I I sometimes get on a high horse and I think, I work so hard. I'm so stressed out. I don't have a car. And then I would get upset. And unfortunately, I would get upset with him. Mm -hmm. The financial, where our money has so much control of us, it caused so many different problems on so many different levels. But at the end, you really have to focus on the end goal. So I, you know, we had every time I had a resentful thought, I just knew, you know, this is a baby step I'm taking to get us to where we need to be. And I truly believe we would get there. And we did. Well, I think that honesty is really important, too, because you can talk about self-help and I preach the power of, you know, really digging in and working through the the messaging that you have, the issues you have with money, with power, with whatever it is. But if when you get right down to it, there's still the messiness. And, and I, I, I like the word, I appreciate that you use the word resentful because I don't think enough people recognize or are willing to actually say, I'm feeling resentful right now. Um, as opposed to just kind of holding it with them and harboring that and, and allowing it to create friction within your relationship. And I, I've watched your relationship with Jesse grow um, because of the fact that you finally, you've, you've accomplished these things together as a couple. And now I'm watching you move into your passion um, side of life. So talk to us a little bit about that. What does it look like as you're moving into these passion projects and these endeavors and these trips that you've really um, worked for? 
Absolutely. So this is what my the next part of my I feel like my big journey currently. So, you know, of course, the finances led to me kind of becoming a workaholic and doing everything I could to take control of our finances. But with that came some more kind of baggage. And I really got to a point where my life was my job. Mm. Um, I gave up essentially who I was to focus on my career, the career that I really love, uh, I enjoy doing, but I, that was all I was doing. So I got to a point where I was very stressed out. 2017 was a very difficult year for me. Um, and even though we were on this path and suddenly, you know, our finances are in control, we're able to travel a lot more, which we had been doing and I'm so grateful for, I got to a, a point where I was just not happy. I wasn't happy. Everything might looked perfect. You know, if you look at my Instagram and Facebook or if you saw pictures of me, it all looked perfect. But inside, I, I just felt kind of stuck and I don't want to say bored, but really, I guess stuck is the right word. Um, so I hired a motivational or a life coach, I should say, just to help me figure out what is it that I truly want to do. You know, this job of mine is sucking the life out of me. Is this what I want to do? I don't know what my passions are. So um, through some tips and tricks that this life coach was able to provide to me, I figured out that, A, I'm so much more than my job, but I need to find a way to prove that to myself. So I made all of these changes. Um, and really, this hasn't been that long, but I started to um, wake up an hour earlier um, and sit down and focus on myself. So what that means is I try to sit before I start working, before anyone in the house wakes up. I meditate for a little while. I try to sit silently with a quiet mind. I give thanks for all of the blessings and abundance of my life. Um, it's just something I try to focus on. And then I read um, a couple different books. So I start with a daily book that has some daily passage to kind of set the day off to the right start. And then I start with a professional development book. Um, so over the past year and a half, just focusing on these things have kind of opened the doors for, wow, not only am I happier with where I'm at, but suddenly I'm applying the tips and the tricks that I'm learning and things are happening. Mm -hmm. The things I want are happening. So if I have this journal that I keep and I write down uh, some of my, my gratitude work, I do it as an in manifestation form. So I'm grateful for things that I may not have. Uh, so I'm grateful for my, my house on the beach. I'm grateful for my trip around the world in three months, you know, things that haven't happened. And if I look back at the journal and I write, look at things that I wrote down six months ago or a year ago, suddenly I'm there. It's happened. So mm -hmm. it's kind of created what I want. And that could be little things, you know. It could be I want to go to uh, Indonesia for my, my 40th birthday, you know, and then suddenly that happens. So I've, I've opened the door to now this life where I'm still working. I still have my same job. I've actually learned to create more, and I know you hate this term, but a work-life balance <laughs> um, where I really kind of just um, set more boundaries with how much, how much work I tend to do in a day. But it's allowed me to, A, fall back in love with my job. 
I'm actually doing better at my job than I ever have before. But now I'm also living this life that's filled with things that I love. Um, Travel and adventure being a huge part of that. I love it. I think it's so funny. Yes, I do hate the word balance. Um, I, I feel like balance is one of those kind of cliched unavailable terms that we've we've made into kind of self-help uh, easy speak. Um, and yeah. so presence to me has been so important, finding presence in my life. But that's my own kind of my own journey. Um, I love the fact that um, you wrote these things down because one of the things um, that I wrote about in my book specifically was manifesting through the written word. And you can call it whatever you want. I mean, you can write and, and call it manifesting. You can make it spiritual. It also has a neurolinguistic um, application to it. So you can get into the science of being able to read the words that are across the page and then becoming part of your conscious memory. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. But every single person I know that has started writing things down with intention, they come true. I made this list. I found this um I used to call them what do I want list and I changed it to to wish list and I made a wish list and it's so funny that we're talking about this today I have to tell you this so I made a wish list when I was a teenager and everything on the wish list was like I wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars I wanted to be published at some point in time I wanted and I, I wrote a bunch of things down and one of the things is I wanted to write in a hot air balloon I wrote all these things down not only did every single thing come true over the course of my lifetime um, except for the balloon ride but they came true in such huge, beautiful, magnificent ways, you know, a mm-hmm. 5X what they looked like when they were on paper. And it's hilarious because I was, um, I just bought a new house and I bought this house specifically because it provides me with some great office working space. Um, and I, every morning when I get up, I walk into my, my restroom, my bathroom area, like the little kind of getting ready area. And there's this beautiful window. And right outside of my window, this morning were five hot air balloons in the canyon behind my house. And and I didn't even think about the fact every morning I'm seeing balloons in my window and all it would take is a phone call to make that last one happen. Um, but it's just so interesting to me how the power of putting it down on paper and, and letting it go in a lot of ways um, consciously um, not, not worrying about it, not stressing about it every day. It becomes part of your um, becomes part of your manifestation. It comes together at some point in time. So I think that's really awesome that you do that. Does Jesse do anything like that with you? Does he does he ever sit down and write lists with you? He not to the extent that I do. So I, you know, I've mentioned manifestation Mondays before, Mm -hmm. and we were right. um, The past few months have been tough just because I've been so busy with work. But we used to sit down and and do write down our goals or create a vision board together. Um, But I really lead those, and so when I become busy with work and suddenly I don't have a Monday to be able to you know, sit down with him and do that. He, he won't do it on his own. Um, I'm really woo-woo when it comes to all this stuff. He's not so much. And I think a lot of men are like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes him a little more. But what happens is, and, you know, I don't try to force it upon him, you know, because what works for me may not work for him. But when he suddenly starts to see the shift in me, he almost starts to, he starts to do things a little more. So um, we... Uh, in September, we went to a couples conference together um, in Austin, Texas. And in that couples conference, you know, they talk about so much of these things that you and I both believe in. He came back on fire. Yeah. I mean, he started writing down his goals for the next, by the end of this year, by the end of next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years. So he does it more so, you know, when there's something to encourage him. So not daily, but 
he's getting there. Yeah, no, it's interesting too, because I found, I I have found, especially I'm moving into a new life where I'm creating more purposeful relationships. And um, as I've mentioned before in other, in other interviews, I was single for five years. I was divorced and I didn't, you know, I had, I dated, but I didn't have a big relationship during that period of time. And I'm now in a, a beautiful, purposeful, mindful relationship. And one of the things that I've realized is how important it has become to not push my belief systems on this other person but grow together so if I'm going to a conference or I'm going to read a book I invite my partner to do the same and say you know this isn't me pushing this out on you but you know I feel like couples that that really you know gel grow together and he's he's Uh he's not exactly jumping across the table and grabbing the book out of my hands (laughs) but when there's a conference he's like yeah I'm in because I think you know we he has a tendency to enjoy more of you know kind of hearing the speakers or the podcast as opposed to sitting down and reading a book and um I think it's it's brought us together in a way that I think is really really special and not something I've ever had in any other relationship so I I think it would be fair to say just listening to you and knowing you that I mean through the course of life of course when we've been with someone for a long time we grow together um and and our relationships change but I feel like you and Jesse because of this path that you've been on as a team have gotten closer and more purposeful in your relationship as well Oh gosh, we absolutely have a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause we were at a point too, where we weren't growing together. Mm-hmm. So we know what it's like when you, when that stops. I mean, we were at one point and this was when most of our financial problems started as well. We were on the brink of divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, you know, our relationship was at such a bad point, but a lot of it was that we kind of lost our vision. We stopped it's not so much believing in each other, but believing in our future together. So we stopped growing and that was almost catastrophic. Mm. Um, So thankfully we were able to get on the right path, but, you know, through communication and through kind of talking about our dreams and asking each other, you know, one of the important things I think is never stop asking each other what your dreams are. Cause I think that's so easy in a relationship. You, You start to assume or you start to think that my dreams are his dreams And that's not the case. So for us, once we got back into this path where we were growing together, our relationship has flourished. And unlike I ever would have thought it it would have. So it's it's become a really beautiful thing. And it doesn't mean we're not going to have bad points again. Like I'm very realistic. I know it's kind of roller coasters. But I think the difficult times will be shorter because we'll know how to better deal with them. You have better tools. You have better tools and, and, and guides to, to come back together again. Um, one of the things I wanted to pivot to, because I, I feel like you handle this topic very eloquently and, and beautifully. And um, I recently saw a post that you'd written in it, and I was very aware of the situation um, with Michelle Obama coming out recently and talking about the fact that she had um, suffered miscarriages, but they weren't something that people talked about. Um, you... You, you shared something very soulful and beautiful with your followers recently about your your mission to become a mom and some devastation that you experienced and what that looked like for you. And what I found is that when women suffer these types of um, unfortunate, you know, tragedies and traumas, um, we want to hear from someone else. We want them to use the words to kind of help us understand where we are. And you did such a beautiful job of talking about life after miscarriage and what that looks like. And I was wondering if you would share a little bit about what you've learned and how you've moved um, through that experience with Jesse and, and kind of wrapped your head around your path to family. 
Absolutely. So this is still a big struggle for us. We have been, um, you know, it's funny, we, most of our lives up until a few years ago, we did everything to avoid getting pregnant. And um, it, that's how we were for a very long time. And then suddenly it wasn't planned. We found out we were pregnant. And, you know, for about 30 minutes, we freaked out a little bit. We panicked, but then it became very joyful. And it was a happiness and an excitement unlike any other. Um, and then a short time thereafter, we found out that I had miscarried and we had lost the baby. So in a very short time, we went through a huge range of emotions from fear to excitement. And now this devastating sadness that we had never felt before. And it was horrible. And I really don't wish it on anyone. And my heart breaks for everyone who has, who knows the feeling for us, it really brought us closer together because it was something that we experienced together as a couple and we were both there in every way and it, w it was tough it brought us close together and it's still tough unfortunately I wish I could say that you know it's it's a pain that goes away it doesn't it tends to get a little easier as time goes by but it's it's tough there are you know two days in particular for me Mother's Day is one of them and then October 7th which was the baby's due date, those two days every year are are almost devastating. I mean, I wake up with this sense of just something, you know, my heart hurts. And, you know, I, I on Mother's Day, I appreciate all the moms out there. I have a huge, amazing, amazing support group around me with beautiful women. So it's not as though I'm trying to take away from that. But I think, you know, people who have lost a child or who have suffered a miscarriage will understand it's, it's a tough day uh, and then October 7th of course the baby's due date that's tough because it's always you know on this day the baby would have been one or two or three or four sure. um, so they're they're difficult days for me but I do believe there are strengths in numbers um, you know when we share our stories when we find we're not alone there's a lot of healing that can come through that so with miscarriage, it's interesting because it's one of these things that not a lot of women talk about. It's almost, you know, a suffering that for a very long time, most people have done on their own. Um, and the women tend to carry the pain or the burden more than the man or the husband does. But it's, you know, we have to, at least in what I believe is we have to reach out and we have to share our stories with people who kind of understand and kind of know, you know what, I know what you're going through. You're not crazy. I know you're not just asking for attention. I, I feel you, I get you. Mm -hmm. So for me, that has been huge in my healing process is it breaks my heart every time I hear of someone else who has had a miscarriage, because it seems like this, this is becoming a much bigger issue. And it could just be because more women are talking about it. And it's always been a big issue. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, there's a beauty that comes with knowing, A, the most important thing that I heard and the therapist told me was that I am not broken. Because I think so many women think that. Mm -hmm. Here, my body has failed at doing something it's supposed to do naturally. You know, it's kind of like our main purpose in this is to recreate or procreate. This is what women, you know, our bodies are made to do. And I can't do it. And so I'm failing. And for me, who I'm a very driven person, that, it's, that's a very difficult pill to swallow. 
it's important to know it's they're not broken. It's nothing that our bodies are necessarily there's something wrong. You know, we have to remember that because um, anyway, to me, those were the, the most powerful words I not I've heard. Um, you know, and we, we need to kind of, for me, it's every day, you know, whenever I have a tough day, specifically on those two days I mentioned, I have to just remind myself of how strong and beautiful and amazing I am. And just remember that it's, you know, it's okay what happened, you know, we can talk about it, we have to deal with it. Um, and then I have to focus on that love. I do yearn, I still to this day, to be a mother. Mm-hmm. So much love to give both Jesse and I. I know we'll be amazing parents, but that love we have to give in so many ways. So we are, you know, perfectly okay with if we never get pregnant and we don't have a biological child, we will start an adoption journey um, because there are so many children out there who need our love. And you know what? If someone isn't okay with adopting, then there's fur babies and humans that can <laughs> benefit from that love that we have to share. So I think that's important is to take that love and do something with it. But first and foremost, apply it to yourself because you're not again. Yeah. And um, I think one of the things that um, struck me about this entire, just what you were saying, especially about sharing that love. Um, I myself suffered from a miscarriage and went through fertility treatments for five. I went through five for Olivia. Um, and you do suffer quietly and you do feel broken and as if you can't mm-hmm. provide something. Um, and it's, it's, it's very uh, confusing, I think, as a woman, um, when you're going through it and you see other people who are having families and you're trying to create your family, one of the most beautiful things someone told me, um, because we got pregnant with Olivia and it was my last cycle. I was like, I can't do any more after this because after having a miscarriage and then when they transferred Olivia to me, it was we only had a 10% chance of her coming to term. Um, the conversation was, my child will come to me in some way but maybe not the way that I expect. And I'm going to be open to that because I was, I was fairly certain I was going to lose her. And I didn't know if I could emotionally keep it together um, in, 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 to, to continue. I knew I couldn't. I knew that I, I wouldn't have it in me. But you're, you're very, you're, what you said rings true. We don't share this with people. We don't talk about our, it's almost like an internalized grief that you have that your husband or your spouse sees you go through. Um, some of your closest girlfriends do. But it's almost like, and I don't know, you might have hit the nail on the head. I wonder if it's a shame that we feel because our bodies didn't do what they're supposed to do. And I remember you know, being in a corporate environment and not wanting people to see me as a weak woman when I'm trying to be in this male-dominated field and I'm you know, getting – injections and things like that to try to get pregnant and and miscarrying and I'm like wow this this makes me a girl which is the opposite of a strong you know financial mind or whatever um so it's it's really kind of crazy making if you think about it the way women have to show up in the world um it's very hard for us to hold all of those roles especially when you're going through something traumatic Mm -hmm. that's so true I mean it's 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 tough, right? Because we try to be strong, you know, if there's a problem, find a solution, you know, let's control it. Let's take, uh, you know, let's find a way to do it. And you can't. Yes. This is definitely one of those things that you really don't have any control over. It's complete loss of control. You're just, you're kind of spinning Mm -hmm. and you and I are very similar. We're both fixers. 
I can I can I can solve anything with a pen and a list (laughs) give me you know just give me I have like this magic that comes out of me and I can't control something like what's supposed to be my fundamental right as a woman uh, to to create another human being it's it's a little bit it's a little bit crazy making um I want to I want to ask you too because you know moving on from to another subject that I want to make sure that we cover you know I know that you are bringing together women in Huntington Beach where you live and you're trying to create this beautiful little mastermind and and conversations around life and love and work and um and passion um and I'm curious as to how that's going how you created it and what the intention of the group look what what does it look like yeah absolutely so you know as I mentioned Jesse and I recently went to a couple conference and we were surrounded by so many different people who were there to just grow and become this exceptional version of themselves. And it was a very uplifting weekend and we left and I came back motivated and I wanted more of it. Mm -hmm. So for Mm -hmm. me, I had been festering with this idea for a long time. And specifically because when I look around at the women who surround me, the women I've chosen to surround myself with, there are some bad ass women in my life. And so for one part, it was kind of selfish, right? Because I knew I need to tap into what they know. I need to benefit from them. But on another thing, too, is I know if we if we brought these women together, we can move mountains. Mm, I love it. So it was, yeah, it was really done from this, you know, this energy I had in me, an idea that I had in the back of my mind. And I finally just said, you know what, for me, October and this, the last few months have been the busiest. It's a, the fall season, summer into fall, are the busiest times of the year for me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do this. So what I did was I just reached out to all of these amazing women that I know. And I mentioned um, I would like to bring, bring together a group of women who are willing to, um, well, first and foremost, it's women who are working on a business or a side hustle. So all of these women have something that they're trying to give life to they're either giving life to it or they're trying uh and maybe it's they're you know the seat whether you're a ceo of your household or an executive uh, in the corporate field we all have something that's kind of tying us down a little so it women came agreed they came together but they agreed to uh being honest to being vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, to being uplifting, supporting, and encouraging of one another. So those that was really what I asked them. You know, I said, I'm, I'm thinking of, of joining a group of women who are, you know, kind of experts in, not, as, not experts, but who are crafting their trade in these areas. Are you willing to come together and be these things? And if so, let's get together and brainstorm and mentor one another and support one another to grow. So it's a fairly new group for us. Um, we meet in person. Our goal is to meet in person every other month. And then we meet online. Uh, so whether it's through private Facebook groups or through video conference calls, um, but we find topics that are important to us. So we kind of, just, you know, it started with these are our goals. This is where I want to be by the end of the next year and then in the next five years. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, write down those goals and work backwards. Mm-hmm. And then it was a matter of how can we each help each other achieve those goals. So we've identified things, topics that are of interest to us. 
um, you know, whether it be things from growing social media presence to uh, crafting our presentation skills. And each time we meet, we focus on one of these goals or tasks to ultimately get us to achieve our ultimate goal or dream. I love it. And I, I love that you, um, one of the things I've noticed is that when you bring women together for the purpose of creation, we are not competitive with one another. Um, and it's it's different than, than the corporate environment that I'm used to because we've we've been programmed to, to really kind of compete with one another. When you bring women together in mastermind groups or in, um, in working spaces, co-working spaces, I've noticed that they lift each other up. They're like, what do you need that I can offer you? And I think that that's fantastic that, like you said, the ground rules but it's what I've noticed is that that's fostered by the people because those are the women who want to do the work on themselves and so they're very open to the the feminine power that shows up in the room that's like I've got this and I've got you um so what's what's been the experience so far how have the women been responding to it you know so far it's been awesome I feel like um you know not everyone in this group knew each other so I was kind of the common denominator for most there are a couple people who I did not know Uh, But it's funny because suddenly, A, everyone, you know, everyone went from, hey, this is my dream. This is, you know, what my side hustle has been. And I've been working on it, but I don't have a lot of time to suddenly, it's like, and we set goals. Like, this is what we need to do in the next two weeks. This is what we need to do in the next month. So suddenly it's happening. Um, You know, people are kind of, especially because we're very active on our Facebook group and you see, hey, I, you know, someone wanted to get five new clients by the end of October. And in two weeks, they got the, I think they got four new clients and the potential to get the fifth one. So suddenly it's like, not only are we seeing it and we're helping each other to kind of motivate each other, we're seeing the results in a very short time. I love it. So it's been very uplifting for everyone. I think suddenly everyone is just more kind of pumped and motivated to do things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have realistic goals. There are some where we know, okay, it may not happen in two weeks or a month, but the baby steps are in place. And the baby steps that maybe I wasn't doing six months ago because I didn't think I had the time, suddenly I'm finding the time to do it. Yeah. So it has been really, really positive. And The interesting thing with the group, you know, because not everybody knew each other, what we found the first day we met in person was people would say, you look really familiar. I think I know you. And somehow, some way, through very random things, like, yes, someone might have been in the same yoga class someone was at, you know, two years ago, or somehow it's like this group of women were meant to be together. They're soul family. That sounds really weird. No, they meant to find each other again. I love it. That's exactly it. So that has been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but more than anything, it really has been this amazing support group that we have had where suddenly we feel like, yes, not only can we do it, we're going to do it. And so it. we all believe in that. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. That's I'm a- really excited to see where we are in the next year. That's amazing. And I, I just love like how you kind of light up, your voice lights up as you're talking about it. Um, the last mm-hmm. thing I want to ask you, because this is what I kind of end, um, I've been ending with, is, is your gold. The things that you would share, your wisdom or inspiration, if you could share some gold with us, things that you've thought through that through your life experiences, you know um, they're your nuggets. What would you share? Oh, gosh, my goals. Good question. So I think, um, first and foremost, love yourself. 
um, because if you get to a point where there's no self-love and, and you know, the, when you look in the mirror and it's negative versus positive, that can do a lot of damage. So get in a place, try to find a place where you are taking care of you and you love yourself and believe in yourself and know that whatever you want, whatever you achieve, it can happen. So love would be the number one thing, I think. Um, two is stay in control of your life. And because for me, it's I've lost control in so many ways. Again, whether it's our finances or I guess for us specifically our finances is don't let outside circumstances um, control you. Try to find a way to really uh, manage them responsibly, take control of them so you can ultimately dictate where your life leads. And third, I think, is um, maybe find a life of passion. Mm, and that's I love that not one. easy. <laughs> it really is, um, you know, especially for for people like us who can easily become workaholics and suddenly like we're, we're living to work and all we're doing is working and focused on that next goal of how to succeed within our jobs, do the homework um, to really understand what drives you. What do you love? What, again, if you had that Oprah money, what would you be doing with your life and work on those things? And they can be simple for me. My, uh, my passions are writing and traveling so I have found a way through my blog to write and share my stories and through the life that I have kind of created and taken control of, I'm able to to travel and do all those things. So I think that would be it. Love, um, control, I might have to work on the word. Love, control, <laughs> right, and love and control. <laughs> love, control, and passion. There's like a theme here. Yeah, we have to write a better, we have to find a better way of a, of talking about control. I think of it as power, having personal power over your own life. Um, that's I a like word that. that's, I'm stealing that. yeah, personal power. personal power. To me, it's been about claiming your power over your life because so many times we give our power away. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between power and control. Um, and what I've taken from this is so many beautiful little messages. Um, I love the getting intentional, the motivation Mondays. I love that. I think that's really great to like set aside time and be like, here's what I'm working on. Um, and this is what I'm going to create. Um, but also, um, the loving yourself. I think it's so important and living a life of passion. I actually am doing this cool little thing where like I send out on Monday mornings before you wake up in the morning, an email so that you can have an intentional week, right? So start off before you even get out of bed with words um, that are meant to kind of counter some of the news that you might have shown up on your news feed overnight or in your apps overnight or whatever. And um, one of the things I was writing this morning as I was prepping um, Monday's email was um, always have something that you are working for or towards. Um, you have to have something that lights you up or be excited about. And I think that life of passion kind of fits within that. You have to have something that you're excited about um, or you're just, you're, you're living, you're working to pay bills. That's all you're doing. You are. And that's not good. So I think finding a way to live a life of passion helps you grow. And if you're not growing, you're dying, unfortunately. So try to find what makes you grow and, and live that life. I love it. Well, thank you so, 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 so much for calling in today from the beautiful HB. I'm so glad that you um, shared some of your thoughts. I've watched you manifest a beautiful life and create an intentional practice. And so I just want to say thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your, your gold. 
Oh, thank you. I love you. You have been a true inspiration and I love having you in my life. And thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love Jennifer's encouragement to find a life of passion and the tough love steps to start a created and curated life where you are living out loud and not so much to pay bills. Living intentionally is where it's at, and if you're anything like me, you get out of bed and reach for your phone. I'd love to say that I do yoga first thing, but let's be honest. I open my eyes to news and I'm ready to counter that with my own weekly intention journey. I'm inviting you, totally free, from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my love notes at JeanetteSchneider.com and before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation waiting for you. Yes, I will wake you up on Monday morning with intention setting prompts and give you some tips as to what is setting my soul on fire. On Fridays, I'm going to remind you to let go of your week, recharge and love yourself up with some self-care prompts to get present in your downtime. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your girlfriends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have things you'd like to hear about, please share them in the show notes. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. If you'd like to get deep in the work with me, pick up my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, now available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.